Hebrews 10. If you got your Bibles, go with me. 10. We're going to be in verses 19 through 25. So we're we're and the this passage of scripture is really really encouraging because it's it's the bridge between two major sections in the book of Hebrews. You know, we talked about in Hebrews we started out with we started out with this contrast Contrast between angels, contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant, contrast between uh, the Levitical priesthood and the eternal Melchizedek, eternal priesthood. And so we've looked at these, he he opens up with contrasting these things. Then he kind of, we went into doctrine where we really started talking a little bit about the doctrine of Christianity and about uh, uh, such things like that and the old covenant uh, and the new covenant. And then you come to this place here where, where the earlier, ver- earlier verses have, have completed this long detailed explanation of why the new covenant is superior to the old covenant. And then you come to this section right here that's meant to inspire us. And so today is going to be an inspiring message. We got a couple of heavy messages the last few weeks. Today you can rest that this is an inspiring message because the writers come to a place where he's inspiring Christians that now uh, because of the new covenant we can be confident, we can be courageous, we can be uplifted in living out our faith now. We can, because of these things, because of our high priest going in, because the anchor holds within the veil, because the new covenant is superior to the old covenant, because all of these things are now in place, now have confidence, believers, to go in, to draw near to God, and to do these things. And so I'm so so today is just going to be absolutely awesome because the confidence that we have, he's trying to say, it doesn't rest in you. It doesn't rest in what you do. It doesn't rest in your work or what you've done or what you achieved. No, you ought to see by now our confidence rests in what Christ has done. In Christ alone I place my trust. Amen? And I, and I will glory in the power of the cross. With every victory, let it be said of me. My source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. Amen? Hallelujah. Christ alone. And so by now, hopefully you're, you're seeing that. And so we've been going through Hebrews chapter by chapter. And we, we, we saw and we've talked about over and over and reiterated that Jewish believers at this time were going along just fine in their faith until Raymond difficulties came their way. And once these difficulties came and persecution came to them, all of a the sudden there began to arise these feelings. They felt like it's better to leave the faith faith and go back to Judaism. And so God puts the pen into the hand of a writer and begins to encourage these people, do not depart from the faith. Do not depart from this. Stay true to your faith in Christ. Why would you want to leave? These other things that you were involved in beforehand were types and shadows of the real. Why would you leave that? Why would you go back to the type and shadow that, to leave the real that has come? And he's trying to encourage them. And, and, and today we have the same thing that is happening in the world today. Disappointment has come into the world. And we have people 
people now trying to do the same thing because that's what disappointment and discouragement done does. It causes people to doubt. And all of a sudden now we have people that are thinking, we see it every day. Read your, read, get on Christian posts, get here. Every day somebody's apostatizing and leaving the faith. Every day there's a new seat in the, a church somewhere and in the house of God because somebody has decided it's just not worth it to continue on with Christ. And we're, just, and we're seeing that so much. And so I'm here today to encourage you in this house and to encourage you who are watching from your home, don't give up. It's not worth it. Stay the course. Amen? It's not worth it to quit. It's worth it to keep going in Christ. And so the writer is encouraging people, don't depart the faith, stay true. So let's pick up in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. And I want you to look at these passages. And uh, starting in, did I, put, did, I put, uh, chap, did I put verse 19 on there or did I skip over that? Well, my bad. I'll read 19 and then you'll pick up in 21 there. 19 and 20. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus and by a new and living... What's that new and living way? It's the new covenant. Come on. There's a new way. You don't have to go the old system and the old way. There's a new way. And it's opened up by the blood of Jesus, right? Come on. Faith in the, in the finished work of Jesus. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence... Why don't you have confidence? Because you, you're trying to keep the law and can't? Why do you have confidence? Because you come to church? Because you attend Sunday school? Because you sing on a praise team? Because you've been doing really good at, at not sinning for a long time? Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by, why? The blood of Jesus. I stand on the merit of Christ, God. Father, I'm here because of your Son. One reason. And the blood that was shed on Calvary to pay for my sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have this confidence now in Christ, let us, by a new and living way that's finally opened us for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great high priest. How many of we have been preaching for weeks? We have a high priest now, not like the order of Aaron not like the ones who go year after year after year and we're constantly reminded in our conscience of our sin every year. Man, we blew it again this year. That's what that blood and that, those animals being sacrificed out there are, are, are a constant reminder of my failure and my sin and that we blew it again and I hope God accepts it this year or we're doomed. And so finally he's saying now there's this confidence, church. Come on, there's a confidence now. Lift up your head. He's the lifter of your head. There ought to put a bounce in your step because now there's this new way opened up for us in the curtain that is this body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, and you're going to hear this today, let us draw near. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to me. Well, I'm just not worthy. I'm a scum of the earth. No, because of Christ. Yeah, you were, but draw near. To God with a sincere heart 
And a conscience, we talked about the conscience a couple of weeks ago, that now we couldn't get rid of the guilty conscience because of the blood of Christ. Now the conscience is cleansed. And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is great is your faithfulness to me. Come on. From the rising to the setting, same. Come on. Right. Come on. Yes, so let us unswervingly hold on to the hope that we profess. For He is promised. He is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And now I'm talking to you at home. It's been long enough. Not giving up. Meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. I'm encouraging you. I'm stirring you up to love and good deeds. It's time. I'm stirring you up to come to the house of God. I'm stirring you up to meet with other believers in your homes and get together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Now, there are people who, who profess to live for themselves, right? There's a lot of people who die, and they've just lived for themselves. They die young, they die old. We could go down a list of people who die at, at, in their 30s, and some of them just, they, man, they weren't planning on dying, but they just absolutely live for themselves. Some live to be 80 or 90 and live for themselves. Others aren't like that, and they live for God. And the Bible says in Psalms 90 and verse 9, it says, We spend our life as a tale that is being told. Your story is being written this morning. Your story is being written tomorrow when you get up to go to work. Your story, your book is being written. And you remember you get to the throne and the books were open and other books were open? How about the book of Ray Lindsay? How about the book of David McConnell? How about the book of Brad Lindsay being open up there in front of the God of heaven and the God of the universe? We live our lives every day as a tale that is being told. It is a story that is being written. A lot of people take at funerals and say that dash in between those two years. There's, that speaks volumes because there's a, there's a book there. There's a, there's a tale being told. And here the writer in Hebrews 10 tells us something. He draws from Psalms and he begins to tell us something about another man who lived his life and he died early 33 so years but it, but the bible says he didn't live for himself he lived for god he lived on behalf of god listen to what he quotes in hebrews 10 here's what he begins to say he says in the volume of this book this book from genesis to revelation he says in the volume of you want to know what this book is about In the volume of this book, if you read it from cover to cover, Amber, in the whole volume of the book, he says, this is written of me. This is my tale. This is my tale being told. This is about me. And here's what he goes on, the writer goes on to say, and I delight to do thy will, O God. 
He says, I'm not living for myself. I'm living for the glory of God. I do nothing unless I do what God tells me to do. And God says in your book, son, here's what I want you to do. I want you to become a man. I want you to become a man. You're the son of God. You are God. But I want you to go and put flesh on your body. And I want you to go and become like humanity. And I want you to pay a price. And I want you to give your life on a cross. And I'm going to tell you to do some things. And when I tell you to do them, I want you to do them. For instance, that you're going to walk on this earth and I'm going to tell you go heal that leper and when you hear you're going to say I delight to do your will O God and you're going to go over and heal that leper there's going to be a blind man outside of Jericho one day and I'm going to tell you to go heal that man and you're going to do it because you delight to do what I ask you to do you don't live for yourself like humanity does but you delight to do the will of God and so the question comes down to us is how do you live your life Who are you living for? You living for you? Or are you living for God? What are we going to live for in the coming days? And that's what the writer is coming down. And see, Jesus could have said, He could have said, this is about me. And when I read in these pages, I'm a pretty cool dude. I come from heaven. I'm a king. I could amass wealth. I could do whatever I want to do here. I could make a name for myself. He could have done that if he had wanted to, but he didn't do that. He said, I delight to do your will, O God. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I don't delight to do my own thing. I don't take pleasure in living for myself. I live for you. God consumes my heart. God consumes my thoughts. So how can I fulfill your will, God? And that's the question that we need to ask today again, is how do we conduct our lives, especially during the time of COVID? How do we, how do we conduct our lives? Because here's what happened. The midst of these first century believers are living. They're going along. Everything's hunky-dory. But when the persecution comes, when the disappointment turns, they turn away. They conduct their lives in a manner of caring about themselves. And they turn away from Christianity. And they turn away from the God of the universe when the going gets tough. Because they're saying, I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. And it's easier just to not to disassociate myself with Christianity. And that's what's happening today as persecution bears down. And it's not popular to be a follower of Christ. And it might cost me something. And so, man, this really discourages me and disappoints me. It was fine when we lived for Christ in this generation. And we got it. He was like a sugar daddy. And we got everything we wanted. But I don't know about this. I don't know about what I'm when I'm disappointed, when I feel bad, when I'm discouraged. I don't know if I want a God like that. And so they begin to disassociate when I get persecuted. And so they begin to disassociate themselves because people tend to drift. People tend to drift when they are disappointed and they become uncomfortable. Amen. It's going to get a lot more uncomfortable than we are presently living now. And it's no different today with COVID because look what has happened today. Churches were full before the pandemic. And where are you people at home? The churches are half empty. And we're two years later, right? Come on. They're never, they're not, some have not opened their doors yet. 
Some will never open their doors again. And, 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 and they've been happed out. And so the writer gives two distinct, and mostly because of fear. Because of fear. Because of fear. I understand there's some that are homebound. They can't get out. I get that. But most it's because of fear. That we haven't come out and we haven't done uh, these things. And so the writer gives two distinctives and two directives to those who are departing from the faith. And here's what the first two distinctives are. Verse 32, he says, But recall the former days of, in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings and a great flight of affliction, a great fight of affliction. And so the first thing he says is call, call to remembrance the former days. Here's what he's saying. When you get discouraged, when you're going through COVID and it's gotten really bad and look, it's been tough, right? We've all had people die within the last year or so. We've all gone through some difficult things. We've all gone through pressures in our jobs. We've all seen the shortage of workers and having to work harder in the fields that we're doing. We've seen the shortage of supplies and material the pressure has been immense on us all of us in this world and, and but he says this it's not going to last like that forever come on remember back to before covid it's not going to be this way forever call to remembrance during this time the time before when it was good and remember that amen, amen. call back to remembrance the good days because what's dominating our, you know, what's dominating most of your lives today? Disappointment, discourage. You go anywhere. We went out with some friends we hadn't seen in a long time, and I was glad because I, I was already bracing myself and prepared that, you know, most of our conversation is going to be about COVID because that seems to be where everybody, you know, you get the sign man comes out, and what do you talk about? COVID. You go here, and what do you talk about? COVID. What do you go here, what do you talk about? COVID. I mean, it's everywhere. It's dominating, it's depressing, all of these things. And I was so grateful we went, we laughed, we had a good time, but we did meander, and it did come back to COVID at some points where we talked about it but but you know he's saying the writer here is saying don't let that dominate your conversation recall the former days think back these disappointments and these difficult times they will not last forever so you got to call back some things so that you can have the power and the grace and 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 the ability to move through these times because our brain is an amazing thing look at this brain on this next our brain is absolutely phenomenal There's there's what's called the amygdala, which is the, it's in the limbic uh, part of the brain. And then there's what's called the hippocampus. And, 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 and in the amygdala, that's the fight or flight. That's like you go inside the house or you hear a thump. The lights are out. You think you see the glimmer of a knife. And you got two choices. The heart starts pounding. Anxiety starts coming. Fear starts gripping you. You can either go fight or you can run, which is what I'm doing. And what happens is that stores that memory, that bad memory gets stored in the amygdala. And here's what happens. Like a car. Like Joseph, you're driving in a car. And man, you take your eyes off the road because some, you know, car, you love cars. Don't do this when you start driving. <laughs> You're driving and a beautiful old car comes by and you turn your eyes off the road 
And you, about the time you look back, the car in front of you is stopped. And all you see is red taillights. And so the amygdala, you, you, all of a sudden, this red taillights, this fear, this panic, this anxiety, you react by hitting the brakes. You stop right before you hit the car. Well, now the next time you see red taillights come into your eyes, the heart starts racing, things start pounding, fear starts setting in because I've been here before and I've had this happen again. And then you go, Whew. Oh man, I'm safe. It really didn't happen. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, go to the hippocampus because that's, he says, leave and call up good memories because when you're in the midst of disappointing and difficult days, because he says, that's where the good memories are stored. That's the place when I'm lying on the beach, Terry, and I'm just chill and I'm on vacation and I got my family there and I don't have a care in the world and I'm taking it all in. Like we went out with some friends last night. We laughed. We had a good meal. We took pictures in front of fall trees that were gorgeous and beautiful, and you just feel good. And when you get into a bad place, he says, reach down in the hippocampus and pull out and recall and remember those things. Remember those good memories. And that's what he's saying right here to the writer that is writing in the book of Hebrews. When these persecutions, when these bad things come, they're not going to last forever, but go back into your memory and recall those good things that are happening. And folks, we need to do that. God constantly puts in His Word, remember, 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 remember what I did for you. Remember, they're constantly building pillars so that when they come back, show this to your young children so that when you come back by this place, they'll say, what is that there for? Because God delivered us right here. But we can't fight. Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah. And so that's what he's saying. And so the brain has the capability of doing that and calling those things back. And here, the second thing that he says, so the first thing he says, call to remembrance the good memories and draw those things out in the midst of this season where we're down and disappointed and we want to be tended to walk away from these things. The second thing he says is, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Don't ca Before COVID, we didn't do all this Goofy stuff. There was a time you don't know what you don't know what to do anymore. There was a time we stuck our hands out and we shook a hand and we looked somebody in the eye and we had confidence. BJ, after COVID, we have no confidence. I don't know. We don't know what to do. I don't know. To stand near you, not stand away. All this fear has caused a lack of confidence. Before that, we, we had that confidence. And, 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 and so he says, the writer says, don't, in these times, don't lose your confidence. Don't let the present circumstances cause you to do this. He says uh, that you, you don't want to do that. And so he says, call to remembrance. And it says, don't cast away your confidence. So that's the two directives that he gives us. And then he exhorts us, lastly, with three thoughts. And here's what he begins to do. He exhorts us with three different thoughts things at the end. He's been pointing his finger like preachers do, and he says, watch out, watch out. Don't let this happen to you. Don't let this happen. Been saying, don't, don't do this. But now he comes to a place where he exhorts us, and he says, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let us. Let us. Now that all these things have happened in Christ, we can have confidence. We don't have to fear anymore. We don't have to worry about the present circumstances. Let us move forward in God with confidence. Amen? Amen. 
And here's what he says. Number one, he says, let us, the first let us. You need to study these let us's. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So the first thing he says is remain resilient. Come on. He's saying there there are circumstances, but we're believers. Come on. Remain resilient. Come on. He's saying, hey, these are bad circumstances, but come on. You're Americans, right? Or you're this one or that one. We used to remain resilient. Hang on to your confidence. Hang on to your resilience. Let us together, now that these things have been done, let us remain resilient. Let us remain confident. Let us go back into the memory and remember and let us together move forward into God. Let's draw near to God with full assurance of faith now that he's entered in. Now that he's secured our salvation, why are you doubting? Why are you afraid? Why are you half-hearted? Move into the things of God with having your hearts. They've been sprinkled from an evil conscience. You can go into the presence of God anytime without fear, with boldness and confidence to the throne of grace and mercy because of Christ Jesus. So let us, Joe, go. Let's go in in there together and let us move forward. So look at the next let us. So let us draw near without resilience. Go to the next one. And let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Here's what he's saying. Don't let someone dissuade you from using the name of Jesus. Come on. Today they want to tell you shut up. Don't use that name. You can't talk about that name here. Don't let someone dissuade you. Come on, be bold. Let us, Margaret, let us go boldly and proclaim this name now. Let us go and boldly proclaim it with resilience and hold fast to the name of Jesus. Let us keep the confession of our faith because Jesus is God. Don't be ashamed of that name. He is the God of the universe. He is the creator of everything. Nothing was created that wasn't created by Him and for Him. He's the only, only true and faithful God. It's exclusive. And then he says the third let us that the writer says. And let us consider one another. Oh, this is 2022, please. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not bitterness and dissension. Not chaos and confusion. Let us consider one another better than ourselves in order to stir up love. Stir people up to love. Love your enemies. Do good to them that persecute you. And say all manner of evil against you. I hadn't heard anybody encourage anybody to do that in a long time. Right? Let us, let, us, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good work. Hey, forgive that guy. Hey, forgive the, the husband. Forgive the wife. When's the last time? No, brother. You ought to cut them off. No, how about we stir up to what the Bible teaches? Let us stir them up. I don't care what my feelings feel. What does God say? What is thus saith the Lord? That's what I give to somebody else. Doesn't matter if I like it or not, right? Boy, that fell flat. I can feel it. And good works. 
And, and, and so uh, it's like this. When Afghanistan hit, one of my favorite churches that I listened to out in Colorado, the pastor got so burdened. He, he got so stirred up in his spirit. He got so troubled. Caleb, he said, he, he found out for, for, for several thousand dollars he could buy people's freedom. He could get people to safe houses and possibly get those Americans and those people who were shifting around and going to be taken by the Taliban. He found out he could do that. And so what he began to do, he said, I've got to do something. So he went before his congregation and he, one morning he just got so troubled. I remember because they blacked it out. He couldn't tell all the details. And he said, I am so stirred. And he said, I'm asking this congregation. It's a big church. And he said, I, I want $40,000 he said, I, if, we could, if we could just buy $40,000, we could, we could free people. We could free people out of, out of being killed and out of being tortured and out of being tormented. These are our brothers and sisters. And he stirred them on to love and good works. And do you know what? When they came and brought the offering up to him, do you know how much it was? $168 thousand dollars that's what i'm talking about the writer is saying let us stir each other up to good works and good deeds and to this kind of thing folks we can stir each other up in 2022 to to go out into the harvest field and to do the great commission we can stir each other up to love our enemies we can stir each other up to love the dry drug addict out here we can stir each other up to encourage another denomination and another church from shutting down we can stir each other up so that we can move people into the kingdom of God. We can do that. And when we think it's just going to be 40,000 or it's just going to be one soul, it can turn into 10 or 20 or 100 or 1,000 because we stir each other. Let us stir one, one another up. I mean, Amber stirred each other just by saying, I'm, I got to do something. I'm going. I'm going to go to down to Birmingham, do you mind if I put a box in the thing with socks? I'm thinking, you know, in my heart, sadly, I'm thinking, sure, you know. And when they go, I mean, I'm like jealous because it's like what I do in Moldova, and they've done real ministry. And they are like, every one of them has a story. And we're contacting somebody, helping them for Christmas. All kind of things have come out of that because we stir each other up. It just begins to get, Diane gets excited. This one gets excited. Everybody's excited. The youth are saying, why didn't y'all tell us we could go? We want to go the next time. It's stirring each other up to love and good works, folks. That's how it works. That's what we're going to do in 2021. We've been sitting long enough in our stewing, in our in ourselves. We're going to move out and we're going to be stirred up to good works in the name of Christ. Amen. So he ends with, let us, let us, let us, let us. We can win the battle together, but by ourselves, we cannot do very much, but let us. Low in these things, let us. Now let me tell you about the corn, and I'll close. The corn. I learned a little bit about pollination of corn. These are tassels over here, if you didn't know. Well, actually, that's silk on the top. But go to the next one. Those are the tassels up there. Here we go. This is better. You see the tassel, the male part of the flower? You've got the tassels up there on the corn. And what they do is they depended upon the wind to blow. 
And you've got the silk that goes all around the corn inside the shuck. And that silk goes down into every one of those kernels. Every kernel has silk that is attached to it. And when the wind blows, the pollen falls off and gets scattered comes down to the silk which goes down into the stalk which pollinates every seed of corn there. If you don't get the seed pollinated, that's why when you take the shuck back and look, you got a couple of missing kernels inside of there because somewhere the pollination didn't get to the kernel of corn and cause it to flower, cause it to, 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 to blossom and bloom. What I learned about was that if you put corn just a single row by itself. Just a little bit of corn out there. Good luck. Because when the wind blows and it begins to try to pollinate, the pollen scatters everywhere and there's not a, it, it, the chances of it, of it hitting right there are very slim. In fact, it reduces it to that only 10% will, a chance of that corn being uh, produced and being productive. So what they do, and here my brother back here from Illinois can tell you, because every time I ride through a cornfield in Indiana and Illinois, uh, going uh, up north, that, that all of a sudden there are rows and rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of corn stacked in there next to each other. One stalk next to another, next to another, next to another. Tons of rows of corn. And the reason why is because it gives it a greater need whenever the pollen and the wind blows and all those tiny particles begin to go, it gives it a greater chance of hitting the silk, going down in the corn and giving you a great corn on the cob to eat and enjoy and go into your belly. Folks, can I tell you something? When you are a Christian outside by yourself, your chance of making it is very, very slim. Maybe only 10%, but if you get in here and you get pollinated by the person next to you, then you are going to grow and grow and grow and grow let us let us the writer says let us let us be planted close together when you're out by yourself as a Christian your chance of succeeding is greatly diminished we need each other we pollinate each other with our prayer we pollinate each other with our love we pollinate each other John with our piano playing and our singing that you bless us with man you pollinate us with our actions with our support and that's why we have church and the very next thing and that's why let us gather in 2022 in small groups let us grow in 2022 let us go in 2022 and serve and evangelize and the writer comes down in Hebrews 2 10 and 38 and he says this is how you're going to do it because I'm scared and I'm, 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 I'm afraid and I'm alone here's how we do it come on give it to me give it to me the next slide now the just shall live by faith but if anybody draws back my soul has no pleasure in Him. So let us step out in faith together. Let us build on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Let us get spiritual gifts renewed. Let us, let us get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let us, 
Let us get into the Word of God. Let us, let us go into the harvest field and into, and, and, and into the Great Commission. Let us love one another and stir one another on to good works. And here's what he says in the very next passage of Scripture, right after he says, let us, and he moves out of those three, let us, let us. And here, I'm not talking to you again. I'm talking to you at home, not giving up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I'm encouraging you, please. You need the body of Christ. You need to be in here. It's wonderful we have technology. I'm grateful that this message is going out into all the world. I'm grateful last week Victor was listening. I'm grateful that we have people listening all over the world. I'm grateful that I have relatives in Illinois listening. I'm grateful that when somebody's not feeling well here, they can listen online. I'm so grateful. But you need to be in the fellowship of one another. You need to be cross-pollinated. You need to be in an atmosphere where there's prayer, where there's love, where there's, where there's joy, where there's peace, where there's, where there's encouragement from a human being, right? And all the more as you see the day approaching. So... Consider living like Jesus did for the Father. Let us consider living like Him. While the world lives for itself, while everybody else, just every commercial, it's, 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 just, it's just unbelievable. If you can't pick it out now, something's wrong, you're out of the Word of God or something. I mean, every single show, every single commercial is about you, 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 self, 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 destruction of church, destruction of truth, destruction of God. It is just being poured, heaped on like crazy. And if you can't discern it, then you better pray for discernment now. And here's... The, the challenge is to come out of this place today saying, I want to be part of something that is doing good and that is motivated by love. And that is what Christ was doing when he said, this book, in the volume of the book, it is written to me, oh God, to do your will. And that needs to be our cry as our book is being written. As what are we going to do in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of disappointment? Let's call back. Let's call back from the hippocampus. Let's call back to remembrance. Hey, this ain't going to last forever. There are good times. God is good. God is faithful. God is going to. And let us draw near to God. And let us be resilient. And let us continue to do good and stir one another on to love. And so, 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 so be like Jesus. Father, we want to be like you. We want to be like you. God, what do you have for my life should be the question. I give you my life. I give you my life. I give myself away so that you can use me. And God, use us. Use us. Let us. God, draw us together. Draw us together as one body like that corn. Like that corn in that field, God. When the wind of the Spirit, like those bones in Ezekiel, those dry bones, God. That all of a sudden the wind comes, God, and fills them with life, God. And all of a sudden it blows across, Lord, this body and this corn. And Lord, the pollen just begins to go all over each other because we're closely knit together. We're a body. We're a family. We're the people of God. And Lord Jesus, 
we are just fruitful and we are just, we are just blessed and we are overflowing with joy and, and we are overflowing with peace and we are overflowing with life, God. Trans formed by the power of our Christ because God we are we are we are together God and we're we're together in Christ and we have this confidence now God we have this confidence because Lord we've seen God that 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 the old has now been completed and now we're moving and shifting into something that is new and we have a firm foundation God we have a, we have faithful promises God these promises are true and you're not a God that can lie it's settled it's settled now in heaven forever and so Lord we can stand boldly on this we can move out in these promises now to a lost world with confidence and assurance of faith and tell them beyond a shadow of a doubt you uh, you can know God you can know God you can you can be part of his family he loves you he loves you deeply and he wants you in his family and so God let us do that this year Lord let us give our lives Lord, let us give our lives, not like so many others who died and gave their lives just totally for themselves, but let us be like Christ. Let us be like Christ, that now our lives are given to you, God. We delight to do your will, O oh God. We delight to do your will. So God, let us in this church begin to do your will in 2021, the rest of this year, and in 2022, God. Let us move out into what you have for us and let us accomplish great things for your kingdom and for your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.